Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you until 11 o'clock this evening here on Camo X. Glad you are staying up with us. Uh, we've got an interview coming up at about 9, 15, 9, 18 with uh, St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakas. Uh, but other than that, if you want to call us this evening or you can send us a text at any time, always love to hear from you. That's what at your service means, in fact. We're not just at your service to talk at you. We're at your service to talk with you. 314-436-7900. Uh, you heard uh, with Sean Michael Lyle going through, the, uh, going through the news there at the top of the hour. One thing he mentioned uh, was talking about J.B. Pritzker, Illinois governor, talking about you know, how concerned he is about COVID. And uh, my only comment on that is that if you just take one look at Governor J.B. Pritzker, you will know that he is very concerned about health. And, and I will just leave it at that. Uh, one of the stories, there's a couple of stories I want to get to here in the first segment. One is the historic flooding in New York City. If you've seen this, none of this was forecast. They've had more rain already. I think September is the wettest month on record, and it's only September 2nd. It's some kind of crazy statistic like that. And the water was flooding in the subways and the streets were flooded and cars were bobbing. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to get a clip from one of the New York TV stations that really encapsulates just how devastating this flooding is. And this, I thought, was the best cut from New York. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Or just a lot of rain. Um, but may maybe those TV stations in New York... Maybe they're overplaying uh, the flooding just just a teensy bit. Uh, we'll I'll have to go back and and see what the recap is on that tomorrow. Uh, the other bit that I want to talk about right now, because we don't have time to get into the Texas abortion law before we talk to St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakis, but the district court in St. Louis, and in fact, I want to talk to Mike Anderson, producer extraordinaire, about this. He's looking at me like, oh, Brad, why are you, why are you ambushing me? 
But I want to get your opinion because you are uh, a sports authority on this. And the district court in St. Louis has refused to grant the request from the Rams and Stan Kroenke to change the venue of this lawsuit out of St. Louis. So do you think that this, given that this is where the Rams damage allegedly occurred, do you think this Rams lawsuit should go forward right here in St. Louis? What are you asking me for, Brad? You're the lawyer. I want not, the Rams to lose the case. That's all you need to know from me. <laughs> I'm not asking for a legal opinion. Just, you know, from your perspective, what's right? Do you think they should go to have to go to trial here? Or if it gets moved to Joplin, does that seem very fair to you? Um, I, don't, I, I can certainly see how a St. Louis jury would be biased. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. But what's interesting is, and you can also appreciate this, Mike, is that the judge who refused the judge who refused the change of venue request by the Rams? Th- this is priceless. The judge specifically said uh, that the defendants had previously argued in their defense to this lawsuit. When I say the defendants, I mean the Rams and Stan Kroenke. They had argued uh, that the the fact that the St. Louis area didn't care about the Rams, didn't support the Rams, didn't have any interest in the Rams. And that's why they had to move to Los Angeles. And isn't it disingenuous for them to say St. Louis doesn't care about the Rams, so we had to move, but now they care so much, we have to move the trial to some other place. Don't you think that's uh, a little contradictory in their argument? You know, we all know the truth is somewhere in between all of this. And I, the war of the war, the war of words like this are, you know, for the lawyers. So again, I, I think you should be answering the question here, Brad, because we all know the truth is somewhere in between all these things. Well, here's the only truth that I know that when it comes to Stan Kroenke, Stan Kroenke is to lying as Wisconsin is to cheese. And, uh, and we've seen that time and time and time again, and we're seeing it here too. You know, the other interesting thing is, is that the judge questioned why the Rams and Stan Kroenke in their 2017 lawsuit, why they waited until just months before the trial is due to start in January. This case is going to go to trial in January, and they're just now asking for a change of venue. And the judge said, hey, you know, isn't this kind of late in the game to be asking for the change of venue? But I particularly like that argument that I just mentioned to Mike Anderson that uh, that the Rams have been saying their whole argument all along is, well, we had to move because St. Louis doesn't care about the Rams. And now their argument is, oh, St. Louis cares too much about the Rams. So now we have to move. So before we didn't care and they had to move. Now we care too much and they still have to move. So it's almost one of those things where you say, okay, heads I win, tails you lose. Okay, you ready? Okay, heads I win, tails you lose. You can't lose on that deal. But on either argument from the Rams, both of the outcomes means they've got to move. And uh, why can't they just admit they just like to move? Uh, they either want the case moved. They wanted it moved to federal court. They wanted it moved uh, out of state. They wanted it moved to Joplin or some other place. They're just always wanting to move out of St. Louis, which is extremely ironic because for years, for years, we heard Stan Kroenke and Jeff Allen and all of the other cast of characters say, oh, we love St. Louis. Oh, we want to be in St. Louis forever. We love being here in St. Louis. Oh, by the way, uh, did you did you see the property I just bought in L.A.? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we love St. Louis. We love it here. Uh, apparently, they don't because they neither want their football team here or 
their lawsuit. They don't, they don't want either one of those things here in St. Louis. Speaking of St. Louis, we're going to talk to St. Louis Councilman Ernie Trachis after the break on what's going on in St. Louis County. And folks, I promise you, I'm going to give you my promise. We're not going to just talk about masks and COVID because I know you are as sick of this as I am, but there are some issues we still have to discuss, but we're going to discuss other issues because there's more going on today than simply COVID. Brad Young at your service tonight on KMOX. Next Level Listening. News Radio 1120 AM, 98.7 FM. KMOX, the voice of St. Louis. You know, it's just another slow week here in St. Louis County government. Nothing going on, no disputes. Every city council or county council meeting is just a bunch of folks holding hands and singing Kumbaya. That's what we've got going on. So I wanted to bring on Councilman Ernie Trakas just to talk about the uh, just the, the overflowing sense of love and brotherhood and sisterhood going on right now in St. Louis County government. Hey, welcome, uh, Ernie Trakas. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Always good to speak with you. Hey, uh, you know, even though I'm just, I'm truly tired of these ongoing mask mandate disputes, uh, mm-hmm. we have to address this because there's so much confusion. So I just want to ask you point blank right now, County Councilman Ernie Trakas, is there a mask mandate in St. Louis County? Not that's effective, no. Yeah, and, and, and that's my perspective on it, too. Explain what you mean by that in terms of not one that's effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's layered in a few reasons, but let's start with the primary one. Um, the circuit court issued an injunction, um, basically um, staying the effectiveness of the order that was issued in July by Faisal Khan. That injunction is still in effect. So that order, even if it was valid, which is questionable, um, is ineffective because it's been stayed. Until the judge takes further action, that's where things sit. Now, with respect to the effectiveness of the order, there's an issue as to whether or not it has now expired. And um, even if the judge lifted the injunction, there'd be no mandate to enforce. And then lastly, of course, there's this issue with the resolution passed last week, essentially uh, supporting is the word I think that uh, has been used, the, uh, the mandate again. Even with that resolution, the, the chairwoman of the council has acknowledged that it's basically ceremonial. It doesn't extend um, or in any way authorize the mandate, in my opinion. And I don't think it can extend it, even if the judge lists the injunction, because it's expired. So I don't know how you can extend something that's been expired. Dr. Khan would have to issue a new mandate and we'd be right back to square one. You know, this so is, in this my is... opinion, right now, there's no mandate that's effective. Yeah, that's that. That's my conclusion, and this is almost like a law school exam because there's there there are so many legal issues with this one. You it's seemingly simple legal issue, but there are so many yeah. issues with this that it's it's practically for all intents and purposes, uh, it's a Gordian knot that not even the best constitutional scholars could unravel. There's there's some truth to that, Brad. It, it's very complicated. There's no doubt. No, no doubt about it. And and as I've thought about this today, we've seen County Executive Sam Page issue a health order that blatantly violated state law. 
We just saw the U.S. Supreme Court invalidate an eviction moratorium that that even President Biden admitted was was based on no valid legal authority. So we know we, we both know that courts give some leeway to expansive government power during a crisis like like a war or even a pandemic. But are, do you think right. we're seeing governments going too far in terms of this idea that government can act even when they lack the authority to do so? Uh, Brad, I've taken the position for some time now that uh, that's exactly what's happening at government at all levels. It's um, it's almost uh, um, draconian. The 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 effort to impose mandates or other types of restrictions when. Quite honestly, let's be honest, and the National Review had a great article today on this very point. There is a difference between an emergency and a crisis. We may have a public health crisis, but it's long since stopped being an emergency. Mm -hmm. So the idea that somehow emergency orders are applicable is an illusion. And so from my perspective, um, there's no basis for um, Mr. Biden's uh, eviction moratorium, and the Supreme Court did the right thing there. And likewise, there's there's no logical or legal basis, in my opinion, for any type of uh, a mask mandate or vaccine mandate, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing this, and, and, and this is a topic that you and I enjoy discussing, which is the concept of limits on government and how even yeah. today, even today, if you just casually watch the news, we have so many national, state, and even local leaders who basically have the attitude that, well, you know what, when 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 there's an emergency or there's something that dire is going on, uh, the authority to, that reigns in the government should be just bypassed because, darn it, we just have to do the right thing. And, and that scares me when folks have this idea that there are no limits on government. You're absolutely right, Brad. It, it is scary because it's a, uh, a slow erosion uh, of our liberties. And if people don't stand up and speak out against it and take action against that, and by that I mean if necessary, file lawsuits to to have the courts check this government expansion, exactly. um, then we're going to wind up down the road with uh, much more than mask mandates, let me tell you. Mm. We're, we're talking to St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakas, and, and Councilwoman Shalonda Webb is pushing uh, uh, St. Louis County legislation to require all St. Louis County employees and contractors to be vaccinated. Now, what's the status of that bill and where do you see this going? Um, that bill is currently on the agenda and been held. There's a committee of the whole scheduled for uh, next week on the 7th, Brad, um, where I anticipate experts will be uh, brought in and, and other witnesses to testify before the council with respect to the appropriate, appropriateness or lack thereof uh, of imposing a vaccine mandate on county employees. So we'll see what happens with that and after that hearing. And, and when is that hearing? November, I'm sorry, um, September 7th. Okay, and, and will that be open to the public? Absolutely, I believe it's at 3 p.m. At 3 p.m., open to the public, so they can come and hear what the various experts testify to in terms of whether uh, St. Louis County should impose a vaccine mandate on employees and contractors. Yes, that's exactly what the uh, Committee of the Whole is about and should cover. And I expect it to be a, uh, a meaningful hearing. And I uh, today sent a letter to the chairwoman. Um, 
identifying two experts that I have requested be um, included in the uh, list of experts to testify at the hearing, and I expect that they will be uh, allowed to do so. Fabulous. And I, I'm going to tell you, if I can make it into my schedule, I want to be there because I I want to hear the evidence that's presented at that particular hearing. Now, uh, changing the topic just a slightly, uh, if we could, because I'm excited just to talk about anything that doesn't involve COVID. Uh, <laughs> back, back, back in 2019, St. Louis County signed an agreement with the St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission to help fund the $210 million expansion of the downtown convention center. Now, this week, the county council delayed action on moving forward with this agreement. What happened? Um, that bill has been held now for, for at least a couple of months, I think, Brad. And the reason is, um, certainly overtly, that back in 19, uh, part of the agreement that was cut with the then council majority um, to pass the uh, the financing for this expansion was that the <clears throat> Convention and Visitors Center would construct a community center in North County, in District 1, then uh, Councilwoman Hazel Irby's district. Um, and that agreement was um, clear, and nothing's happened since then. And uh, Councilwoman Days, the council person from District 1 now, um, is questioning the CDC with respect to why that hasn't taken place and um, is awaiting their answer. And when the bill was first introduced, I at the time requested a committee of the whole on this bill because it, there's larger issues and larger questions that go well beyond CDC's failure to, to honor its agreement to build this community center um, that affect the whole region really. Uh, and not the least of which is um, the, uh, the failure to even make any effort to uh, enhance the area surrounding or at least abutting um, the proposed expansion to the north and uh, and other issues. So my hope is, uh, my expectation, frankly, is that uh, we will have a committee of the whole before this bill goes any further, that representatives, Kitty Radcliffe and others from the Convention and Visitor Center will come in and uh, testify in open hearing with the, to the council with respect to this expansion because it's no secret I was against it at the time mm -hmm. and uh, now I want some uh, clarification and uh, some answers and hopefully the rest of the council will as well and I, again today I sent a letter to the chairwoman uh, reminding her of my request for the uh, committee of the whole and uh, again reiterating it so I expect that at some point we will have that hearing as well and will that be open to the public as well absolutely Absolutely good. Absolutely. Very good. Because the most representative government is the open government. And I'm glad that as much of this as possible is open and transparent so we can see exactly what our government is doing on our behalf. Hey, last topic. We're talking to uh, St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakas. Uh, last topic. You've you've requested legislation amending the minority and women owned business enterprise ordinance. Can you kind of tell us what is that and why did you do that? Again, passed back in 19, I believe, uh, maybe even 18, Brad. Um, it is, you know, a, a great example of the unintended consequences of good intentions. The bill uh, and, and now ordinance has originally passed simply requires that um, any general contractors that work with the county on projects have to have a certain um, percentage of subcontractors that are minority or women-owned businesses. And that's 
an admirable uh, um, achievement. And in fact, I, I was supportive of it at the time and still am with the concept. The unintended consequence, Brad, is that what we found in since the passage is that the ordinance as written um, makes it almost impossible for a general contractor to comply with the criteria for minority and women-owned percentage um, because there just simply aren't um, enough of them that are available for the for the, uh, the subcontracting work. And what's happened as a result is scheduled projects are not mm-hmm. going forward because the bidders cannot meet the criteria and uh, and fail to to try and and rebid. And so the greatest example currently is the two police stations that have been authorized now for two years, one in South County and one in North County. Those projects are not going forward because the winning bidders on the, uh, the bid process, um, once they're awarded the bid, cannot uh, find enough minority and women-owned businesses to subcontract with to meet the criteria. So I've asked the county counselor's office to take a look at the ordinance and uh, draft legislation that would fix the, that problem. Right, because at some point, these projects are necessary. We obviously need more police stations, and people are going to be yes. yelling and screaming, you know, why can't these projects be completed? But it's because of the of their own internal uh, ordinance that prevents those projects from going forward. Right, exactly. And I'm not suggesting that we do away with um, the minority and women-owned business uh, element. All I'm saying is let's take a look at it and figure mm-hmm. out a way where when we're up up against uh, the inability to find the contractors, we have some discretion that can be exercised and, and these contracts can go forward. Very good. Hey, St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakas, I appreciate you joining us this evening here on X. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Brad. Uh, call anytime. Love being on your show. It's great to talk to you. Good night, sir. Good night. Thank you. Thank you and take care. So what do you think? Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. What do you think of our county government? Do you think they're doing a good job? Do you think they are getting things done? Do you think that they are uh, out there advancing uh, truth, justice in the American way? Or is there just a lot of bickering going on? Uh, I know sometimes when you stand up for rights uh, and those rights conflict with other people's either rights or perceptions of those rights, friction occurs. And so a lot of that happens when people are standing up, but a lot of it happens over needless, pointless bickering, which is what I see the entire concept of the of the order that was issued by Sam Page as being meaningless, pointless, and nothing but a waste of time. So when you hear at the top of the show, have a point, it makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Folks, that is my point. When we come back, We're going to go to the phone lines, 314-436-7900 on At Your Service on CamelX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to At Your Service. You know, I, I've never, just like, one of my favorite movies, let me start it this way, one of my favorite movie musicals, is 1776. You're like, that, Brad, that's weird. Why would you? It's about the founding of our country. And one of the lines in there is one of the, one of the original delegates to the, uh, the, to the framing of our uh, Declaration of Independence said, there's never been uh, an idea that I didn't want to discuss. And, and that's kind of where I am. I'll talk about anything because, to me, ideas have power. And so I've been swapping emails, and I told you I always respond to emails. I've been swapping emails with the listener, Dan, uh, from Reedsburg, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, about the issue of the Proud Boys. Hey, Dan, welcome to Camo X. Good evening, sir. Great to be on. Hey, let me, let me set this up before we, we get into our discussion, because it was the last week or the week before, I've lost track now, but I was talking about this idea that one of the members of the Proud Boys uh, was convicted and sentenced to jail uh, for, I believe, six months for burning an LGBTQ flag, or, or it was a Black Lives Matter flag. I, I can't recall which. I think it was a Black Lives Matter flag that he burned, and he got sentenced to prison. And my point was, and I made this point, and I backed it up with case law and precedent and historical precedent, that if someone burns an American flag— that's apparently okay under the law because it's symbolic speech. And if that's the case, then why is it that burning a Black Lives Matter flag puts you in the pokey, sends you to the Gray Bar Motel, 
puts you in the slammer. Why does that happen? Because both are symbolic speech. And if symbolic speech is protected under the First Amendment, why does one, the burning of one flag land you in prison where the burning of the American flag allows you to roam free with no consequences? And we had some lively conversations about that topic. And I brought up the idea that, that I didn't support the Proud Boys, and at least as you see it reported in the media, uh, that they uh, have beliefs that I certainly wouldn't agree with. But I, at the same time, it bothers me that that the, the expression of symbolic speech in this area is not tolerated, even though it is tolerated when it comes to the burning of the American flag, which I find to be reprehensible. So, Dan, with that background, you had we had swapped some emails and you wanted to, to talk a little bit about the Proud Boys. Uh, from your perspective, do you think the Proud Boys, is that a racist organization? Absolutely not. Um, so... The only thing that people misconceive about it is that the word proud appears. So I think in people's heads, they hear pride, they think white pride, pride. So additionally, all these super lefty organizations are going to paint them as the, you know, the worst thing you can call somebody which is racist. Uh, the Proud Boys started as just this silly drinking club of guys that said, you know what? We're tired of all this man-hating feminism, and we're going to be proud to be boys. And that's basically all that it was. It evolved to them confronting all the shenanigans of the violent and destructive Antifa. And yes, you'll see them be violent against them, but it's always reactionary. So, all in all, they're not racist. Most of the, They've got uh, uh, members of all races. Uh, the, the founder is a white guy who married a Native American woman. And a lot of their members are all sorts of you know, white guys marrying black gals and having you know mixed race children, and it's not racist at all. Well, I got to tell you, I, I I don't have I don't know of anyone who's in the Proud Boys. I don't I've not studied them extensively, so I, I'm not here asserting that they are or are not racist. I, I was just suggesting that I didn't want uh, me. Uh, talking about the fact that someone burned a flag and went to prison didn't mean I necessarily endorsed their views. But when you look at the uh, organizations, Dan, who have come out against Proud Boys, uh, a lot of these organizations are purely uh, political organizations. In other words, of course they're going to come out against anything that's perceived as, even if it's perceived as being elitist or white, uh, NPR is going to come out against you. All right. The, the the Southern Poverty Law Center is going to come out against you. If you read about the Proud Boys on Wikipedia, of course, the Wikipedia page on Proud Boys is unflattering because Wikipedia is so far to the left that the founder of Wikipedia had to leave the company because he said it was no longer an objective news source. It was simply biased reporting. So does that shock you at all that groups like NPR, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and even Wikipedia has come out against the Proud Boys? Oh, not at all. I mean, so many things are going so far left. They're all so afraid of being canceled or accused of the same things that they're accusing the other people of, like you say, racist, homophobic, transphobic, and on and on. Um, one other thing that Enrique Ontario guy, who was the, quote, leader who got sentenced for that, he had a whole bunch of other shenanigans going on that he didn't disclose when he joined the group. He was trying, he was like, 
working with the FBI on reporting about grow houses to protect his brother. So it's very, 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 very complicated. And that sentencing was part of a, an enormous deal. But you are exactly right. If you can burn one flag, you should be able to burn another. But, you know, you shouldn't burn somebody else's property, even if you don't agree with it, obviously. But the retail value of that banner was probably 70 bucks tops. But, you know. Well, yeah, and and if you look here, and of course, Dan, you know, here in St. Louis, we've had Ferguson, we had the Michael Brown situation, we had the Jason Stockley situation. Uh, I go to church in Ferguson, and I saw during the Ferguson riots, people were burning American flags on a regular basis. I'm not going to say every day, but on many nights that we were watching this on television, you would see people burning the American flag. Now, I'm not so naive to think that all of those people, before they burned the American flag, they made sure they went to Walmart to buy it because heaven knows that they wouldn't want to burn an American flag that was stolen property. And But yet no one stopped them. No one arrested them. No one tried to impede their ability to burn the American flag, and there was no punishment for that. And yet someone who burns a Black Lives Matter flag goes to prison. Do you think that is a discrepancy in your mind uh, that skews against traditional American values? You know, truly, and I mean, along the lines of the topics you've been discussing this show with Afghanistan, I think, I think evil's just working overtime lately, and it's making a big push. And it's it's kind of it's pretty scary. Good men just need to stand up. I understand, and I agree. Hey, Dan, I appreciate you calling in this evening. We're coming up here on a break, but I want to thank you for calling in and uh, talking about the, this topic with us this evening on Camel X. Thank you. I love the show. Can't wait to hear from you again. Very good, sir. Thank you. Hey, when we come back, we're going to try. I've been trying. I've been trying, folks. I'm working hard here to get to this abortion story. So I'm going to break down the Texas abortion case for you after this break because you have not been told uh, what is actually happening at the Supreme Court. Every story you've heard on this story has been wrong. And I'm going to explain why. Right after this, don't go away. At your service on The Voice of St. Louis, Camo X. Earning St. Louis's trust for 96 years, this is KMOX. You know, the courts asked, and that's actually germane to this conversation, they asked, who are you? Because... On this Texas abortion law, none of the parties that filed the lawsuit had any case or controversy. Brad Young here at your service, and I'm going to break down for you what's going on with this Texas abortion law. Now, the unique characteristic of this Texas abortion law is that it's not a crime under the law in a traditional sense. A traditional sense, if something's against the law, You do something, you get caught by the government, they put you in jail, they charge you with a felony, they charge you with a misdemeanor, and they prosecute you. That's how things work. But in this Texas case, because those those types of laws always get stays, and that means that the, the government is banned from enforcing the law, because they can be listed as a defendant to the lawsuit. But what Texas did was extremely novel. What they did was is they made it where the government doesn't enforce it. It allows private citizens to file lawsuits against abortion providers and even people that, that, that transport 
folks to an abortion clinic can be sued for a minimum of $10,000 plus attorney's fees. Again, always important that we pay those attorney's fees. But in this instance, Mike's shaking his head. (laughs) But so the government wasn't in charge of enforcing this law. People are. Okay. So when all of the all of the anti-abortion groups, or rather all of the pro-abortion groups, filed a lawsuit to stop the application of this Texas law, they filed it against the Texas government. But the Texas government doesn't have a pony in this race. They don't have enforcement power. They don't prosecute. They don't arrest. It's all done with a civil action. So why does that matter? Well, it matters because of this. If you get out your pocket constitution and look up Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, that's the part of our Constitution that deals with the power of the federal courts. And under Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, our courts do not have the power to issue legal opinions or what's called advisory opinions. In other words, if you go to them and you say, I want you to tell me whether if, if this becomes law, would it be constitutional, yes or no? The courts throw you out for that because that's not an actual case or controversy. And similarly, under Article 3, Section 2, there has to be an actual dispute between the parties or the courts are prevented from hearing that dispute. They can't hear it. So how does that apply to this Texas case? Well, no one's been sued under this Texas case. No no abortion provider has been sued. No, no one has sued Uber for driving a pregnant woman to an abortion clinic to get an abortion. And so since none of that has happened, there are no parties in dispute. There's no parties in dispute. Right now, it's a law that's been passed, but no one has been, quote, charged, unquote, under that law because it's a civil case, and none of those civil cases have been brought. So when the pro-abortion groups hauled in the state of Texas into court to say, we want this banned because it violates Roe versus Wade, the district court in Texas said, can't do that. That's an advisory opinion, and there's no dispute between these parties because the Texas government is not even involved in the enforcement of this law. So go away. They appealed to the Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals said, go away. Of course, they said it a lot nicer, you know, in a way that sounds far more erudite and intelligent. But that's what they said. They said, just like the joke I always make about my first day in sales, I got two, I got two orders, get out and stay out. Okay. So in this instance, they got two orders, get out and stay out. So then it goes to the Supreme Court. It goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And last night, the Supreme Court dealt with this issue at like 11.45 p.m. And it was a 5-4 to decision, which is outrageous. It should have been 9-0 to because no one was dealing with the merits of the case. No one was deciding whether it was constitutional. No one was deciding whether it violates Roe versus Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey. All that they should have been deciding was under Article 3, Section 2, Can we even hear this case since the state of Texas isn't even involved in the enforcement of the law? And four justices, including John Roberts, 
voted to issue a stay to prevent this case from or this law from going forward, even though it violates the essence and the exact wording of Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution. No one in the media has told you and given you that explanation, but I did, because this case is far from over. It's far from being decided. But folks, no matter what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has to say, Roe versus Wade has not been overturned. Not yet. Hopefully it will be, but it hasn't been done yet. Brad Young at your service this evening. We've got another hour coming up after this, so don't go away. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 